also, tell Richard, I saw all the pictures that he sent for that feature on the female paratroopers, and they're all so deeply unattractive. Is it impossible to find a lovely, slender female paratrooper? No. Am I reaching for the stars here? No. Not really. Also, I need to see all the things that Nigel has pulled for Gwyneth's second cover try. I wonder if she's lost any of that weight yet. Who is that? Nobody. Um, uh... Well, Human Resources sent her up about the new assistant job, and I and I was sort of pre-interviewing her for you, but she, she's hopeless and totally well, wrong. Well, so. clearly, I'm going to have to do that myself, because the last two you sent me were completely inadequate, so sent her in. That's all. Right. She wants to see you. Oh, move. Don't let her see you. Hello. Who are you? Uh, my name is Andy Sachs. I recently graduated from Northwestern University. What are you doing here? <clears throat> well, I think I could do a good job as your assistant. And, um... Yeah, I came to New York to be a journalist and uh, sent letters out everywhere and then finally got a call from Elias Clark and met with Sherry up at Human Resources and basically it's this or auto universe. So you don't read Runway? Uh, no. And before today you had never heard of me? No. And you have no style or sense of fashion? Well, um... I think that depends on what you're... No, no. That wasn't a question. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. This movie's so fun. We had a fun time with this movie. I love watching this movie. Second entry in our Oscar episode. This is kind of thinking outside the box. I guess just two Oscar nominations, Best Actress and Best Costume Design. But, you know... Well, everybody listening, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott, and, and these, these are, are the movies that made us gay. gay. Yes. Welcome back to the show. Second episode of the season. Mm-hmm. season We're going to have a good time. And our guest today, I hope that you remember to pick up the skirts from Calvin Klein. It's Paul from That Age Well. <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm an ex. You know, Erica, my co-host on That Age Well, has been an yeah. assistant for a long time. I have, I have ah. a good, I have a good field of knowledge about it. I, I did remember. So. Okay, good. Well, welcome good. back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for and, having me again. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. You were last on for Notes on a Scandal, another movie from 2006. From this year. I noticed that when How I was doing a little research. I was like, this is my year with you guys. Like, I, I always try to get sort of the 2000s movies because it's the type of movies that you don't cover on your show. Right. Because I think that your cutoff is probably 2000 or 99. Yeah, it's like usually. 99 generally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, we're going to get into this a little bit more later on, but you mentioned Erica has worked as an assistant. So I hope that you get sufficiently upset with her when her job forces her to work, you know. Obviously. I will never forget the or... time. And this is a true story <laughs> that we met. We met to have dinner and she said, I had a bad day at work. My boss threw a printer at me and she made the whole <laughs> dinner about herself. <laughs> And how how she Damn had to that. dodge office supplies. <laughs> how her selfish! Boss. Sorry. How selfish of Erica! I know. I... <laughs> some people are givers and some are takers. She... That's that's the that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe she could possibly bring her work life home. Exactly. <laughs> 
for one moment. Yeah. Um, th- I mean, this movie, like we said, it's been, it was 2006 when it came out. Um, it, we've gotten to the point where like as a society we've reevaluated the movie and there's the whole arguments of who's the real villain everyone can agree that the friends <laughs> fucking suck they are the, except that's, for Doug that's just that's just canon now Doug is okay the the the, the questionable the questionable sexuality the one who Rich I don't Summer. know why they bothered to code is gay I, I don't just right. bacon gay <laughs> Right, right, right. Even in 06, they were like, mm, let's make it kind of ambiguous. Let's make it metrosexual. He likes, yeah. he likes Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's he's into it. He's digging it. But the other two, awful. Oh, you know, we, we've all read the, like, BuzzFeed articles of, like, Adrian Grenier is the real villain. I think that even Anne, I think even Anne Hathaway has commented of, oh, yeah, they suck. Yeah. Right. Right, mm-hmm. right. But, um, I mean, at the time when this movie came out, we weren't thinking about that. We were just like, holy shit, this movie's incredible. Yeah. It's a blast. <laughs> I have a blast yeah, watching it's, it. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, this, like, the soundtrack's great. Like, that Madonna song, get out of here. Two Madonna songs. Two Madonna songs, but Jump. Jump. I mean, yeah. Confessions. Confessions on the Dance Floor. Great album. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it Absolutely interesting, wonderful. too, that Madonna got featured twice on this, yes. on this mm-hmm. movie that... I would imagine – I don't know Madge personally, but I would imagine some of <laughs> You don't. The, <laughs> I don't, sadly. I, she won't respond to my calls. Um, but she uh, – I would imagine it perhaps resonates with her, certain aspects of this film, yeah, I would think. Sure. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, it, it's like it, – it's got Meryl. Like, it's yeah. got, like, the Best Actress nomination. Like, it's a big deal. This movie was, was a big deal. Absolutely. Um, I, f- I did not catch this in the theater – and oh. yeah, mm. I know. And one of my uh, one of my good Judies, uh, my friend Damien, who is straight, and was uh, his girlfriend at the time was was very into this movie. Okay, and they bought the DVD. And he and left. Damien's like a fashionista straight guy. He too. is a fashionista yep. straight guy. Yeah. And so they let Hashtag me borrow their straights. copy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they let me borrow their copy uh, on DVD, and I watched it, and I was just like, <gasps> I love it. Mm. Um, yeah, I was just immediately taken by – and I am an Anne Hathaway apologist. Sure. I am an, I am an Annie Stanny. I love her. Yes. Good. The Absolutely. Double Anne movies back to back. <laughs> yeah. The, this one broke yeah, back. Yeah, just a broke back. I, I will say that there was – the, the Oscar speech was really irritating. It was really irritating. Right. They're not wrong. About she was that. trying to make a she was trying to make a Sally moment yeah. of yeah. It happened, mm-hmm. but Scott, I love it her. Came true. It came true. It came true. Excuse I, me. Yeah, I don't even mind. I don't even mind it. I was just like, I don't know. You're fine. I, but I I love all that bullshit when it comes to Oscars, though. I yeah. love yeah. I love an actress that just really fucking wants it. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they all yeah. do. And let's be honest about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Who are we kidding? But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't get the whole like, oh, she's corny, whatever. Yeah, maybe she's corny. Who cares? She has she kind of like a lot of fun. She has theater kid energy, but that's why we love her. She's exactly. like the theater kid from high school that just made it well you know who has theater kid energy me i got theater yeah. kid energy and so i like <laughs> recognizes like right yeah. right right okay um when did you first see this paul do you remember your intro i saw this movie in the theaters at cobble hill cinemas for all you new yorkers out there listening that's where i was i saw it with my wonderful friend jared one of my one of my best gays in the whole world we saw mm-hmm. it and we thought it was fucking hilarious and it turns out we were right it is fucking hilarious 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Emily Blunt. Look, I know it's Meryl, 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 but Emily Blunt. Oh, she has movie. some great zingers. Yeah. She, yeah. And I, I look. She should have gotten a supporting actress nomination for this movie. Right. Yeah. If, Agreed. If it was, if there wasn't this bias against comic performances, right? It, she would have gotten it. Like I, I was actually, I had listened to you guys talk about In and Out a little while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was with Joan Cusack and that, and I'm like, that's that's the slot, that's the slot. It's the Marissa yes. Tomei yeah. slot in My Cousin Absolutely. Vinny. It's the one that Kate Hudson probably should have gotten this year for Glass Onion. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. get some comedic performances in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she she got the Globe. She did. So she came close. And a, and but the, the Globe has their comedy section. Oh no, they but, don't. yeah. But it's it's, it's supporting is all together. You're mm-hmm. right. And the BAFTA. Yeah, yeah we so. have thoughts. We'll talk later about that. I think that Meryl's chances would have been upped had they campaigned this in supporting. Oh, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, I saw this movie summer of 2006. I was living in Bozeman at the time. So was in between my second year of college, and I saw this with some girlfriends of mine who I worked at at a restaurant. And mm-hmm. I remember the Gallatin Valley Cinema, which is connected to the mall in Bozeman, it was fucking packed. Like, I remember we could barely find – I don't think that we could even sit together. Wow. There were so many people in the theater because we walked in a little late. But, yeah – Saturday afternoon, it was packed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you three just oh loved it, loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I mean, we don't have to get too far into it, but I feel like I was watching Ugly Betty first. Okay, before oh, I saw this, and I feel like Ung- Ugly Betty probably a big part of it getting greenlit. Was this. Or getting picked up for the full season was this yeah. movie. Yeah. And so to me, because I was watching that first, I was like, I don't get the comparison. They're totally <laughs> different. <laughs> well, and Ugly Betty, I think, sort of leans into the satire aspect of fashion yeah, a little it's more. Yeah, it's a soap mm-hmm. opera. It's a little bit more high, like, I not high comedy, Ugly but Betty. a little bit more farce. I loved Ugly Betty. Uh, I did a rewatch of Ugly Betty a little while ago, and it, it, it doesn't, like, the end of it doesn't quite match the beginning. But that right. first season of Ugly right. Betty is so good. So good. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's all on Hulu, I think, right now. Yeah, I yeah think so. so. I think we watched the pilot a couple of months or maybe a year ago thinking we were going to start a, a rewatch. And we we kind of thought we it, might but... do it during the pandemic and then we just kind of forgot about it. I'll start it right now yeah. after this. It's almost I worth it just movie. to watch Vanessa Williams. It was awful. Like driving oh, through Ohio. Yeah. Like, like the zingers. Yes. <laughs> Vanessa chewing the scenery. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wilhelmina Slater is, is kind would, of everything. I mean, who would win in a fight between Wilhelmina and Miranda? I feel like Wilhelmina probably is a little more from the streets. Like, yeah, I mean, like a physical fight, I think Wilhelmina. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because because she, I, I just think she'll go there faster. Like she, mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll never forget when Vanessa Williams was on Drag Race and one of the, I think, Mariah Balenciaga, they said, it, she looks like a, a black Miranda Priestley. And Vanessa Williams said, Wilhelmina Slater is the black Miranda Priestley. <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> Yes, she's not wrong. Yes, <laughs> I know. I almost think they wouldn't fight. They would. They would like unite and right. become like a like a like a like a edit editrix chimera or something <laughs> sure. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of the of the. Oh, it was mode? Yeah, mode. The magazine, mode magazine. is yeah mode. Yeah. Mode versus uh, runway yeah. and <laughs> run by um, Eric Mabius from Welcome to the Dollhouse. Correct. Yep. Yes, he was like the yeah. He kind of ousted Wilhelmina or something like that. Well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> When we do our Ugly episode. Betty Patreon rewatch, yeah, as we recap every episode. Sure. 
But you know what this movie really brings me back to, especially this time Mm -hmm. in pop culture, is do you remember just how gigantic Project Runway was at the time? Yeah. Of just how massive of a reality show that was, like way before RuPaul's Drag Race. I feel like Top Model was kind of like, I mean, were people really caring about Top Model at this time? But anyways... Project Runway. Yeah. I think that when 2006, this would have been, I think, season three with Jeffrey winning. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Huge. Yeah. And I think that, is Tim Gunn in the movie somewhere? Is he? He may be. Heidi is. Heidi, Heidi is. is. Heidi definitely is. Tim As might be somewhere self, yeah. in the Paris Fashion Week scenes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. In the montages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Project Runway was definitely that kind of appointment TV. Everybody was just in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And so kind of giving your average person an access to the world of fashion. And fashion, they kind of sure. felt included. Yeah. And Devil Wears product kind of does a similar thing, too. And it also, I think, highlights fashion as art. Like, yeah. Like, like this, is, this is something that even if you think – is stupid or silly or frivolous. Like it's not just clothes. It's art. These are people making art. That's the idea behind it. Kind of the cross between art and business. And you get that Mm -hmm. in the big, uh, sweater scene. Yes. The cerulean blue, the cerulean blue sweater. sweater. Cerulean high night. Oh, okay. I see. You think this has nothing to do with you. You go to your closet And you select, I don't know, that lumpy blue sweater, for instance, because you're trying to tell the world that you take yourself too seriously to care about what you put on your back. But what you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns. And then I think it was Yves Saint Laurent, wasn't it, who... Showed Cerulean military jackets. I think we need a jacket here. Mm. And then Cerulean quickly showed up in the collections of eight different designers. And then it uh, filtered down through the department stores and then trickled on down into some tragic casual corner where you no doubt fished it out of some clearance bin. However, that blue represents millions of dollars and countless jobs. And it's sort of comical how you think that you've made a choice that exempts you from the fashion industry when, in fact, you're wearing a sweater that was selected for you by the people in this room from a pile of stuff. Dressing down, if you will. hey <laughs> I mean, Meryl is pretty boss when she gives that monologue. No, I think that monologue is really – it kind of gives you the whole like, oh, okay, I, I kind of get it now, yeah. I think. I think I get it. Mm-hmm. I was reading that Aline Brosh McKenna, who wrote this, who went on to create like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with Rachel Bloom. Mm. Like, oh, okay. Like she wrote that scene and she was like, they're going to cut this. They're going to cut 75% of it. If even if even two lines wind up in the movie, it'd be great. And apparently Meryl Streep insisted on it. She was like, this stays in. Yeah. Like yeah. I think that it was it went out of other drafts than Meryl insisted on bringing it back because mm-hmm. she really liked the scene. Yeah. And I know that kind of with the script, because this was handed off to numerous writers, I think that Peter Hedges, Paul Rudnick, and Don Roos all did passes at the script. And then they landed on uh, this other screenwriter who ended up doing the final draft. Mm-hmm. But I know that the tone was a big deal of how do we do this movie? Do we do it as a straight-up screwball comedy do we do it as satire do we treat it seriously and i think that they found 
a really good middle ground of how it treats the world of fashion. Yeah, I think so because there are aspects of it that are they are still ludicrous. As anyone who works in the arts yeah. know, no matter what art you're talking about, there's going to be aspects of it that are indeed ludicrous. <laughs> but like, right. but also that it, there's it's truly important and it does matter and it's not nothing. Right, and that's why you know later on when the friends start kind of giving her shit about it, one of the friends like works at a gallery and like right creates installations, and it's like you should know better than the rest of these schmucks like how much. Yeah, I I I have a hot take on this. I actually think that I don't remember her name, Tracy Toms, the fr- the, the female Tracy friend, Toms, yeah, who mm-hmm. is actually even worse than Adrian Grenier. <laughs> worse than Nate. I think so. What yeah. has happened to you, woman? What has this woman done to you? She's given you a $2,000 bag for free and showed yeah, right? up at your gallery opening and then was late to someone else's birthday party. That is sure. the sum total of what has happened to you. Yeah, <laughs> buy absolutely. Her, buy her boyfriend drinks for the night. Yeah. Big deal. She's at, like, this Met Gala event. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah that character's crazy. She was kind of driving me nuts. This on this rewatch, I was thinking kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like she's she's kind of up there as far as like who's who's the worst. Of Could these, you imagine taking your friend's cell phone and keeping it from them when their That's boss is ringing? Calling you? Could you imagine that it's their boss? Oh my god! And you know, like you, they know the <laughs> boss is awful. That if she doesn't pick it up, she's gonna yeah. get reamed out the next day. And it, yeah, like yeah, ugh. People yeah, in their twenties, no, a... man. I don't know how we made it through. <laughs> They're awful. <laughs> Seriously. So, okay. So we have to kind of talk about the transformation of Andy. Okay. From, you know. Introduced as this Manhattan bog witch. Trump. I'm going to say like a a feral Rory Gilmore type. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the chunky sweaters and like pilgrim shoes. The Hermione Granger. The Hermione Granger hair. Like, the, the one who's offended when you're like, why not run a brush through your hair? Like, like yeah, like it, it, there's look, if you don't want to brush your hair, fully support that. Yeah. You, but you can't have a lustrous mane and no, not brush you can't your have hair. The big you can't do the, Anne can't, Hathaway. Yeah. yeah. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. We know she's got, we know she's got thick hair. Yeah. Um, so it's like, all right, so this is obviously played for comedy. Like, why is she get she gets put up at a fashion magazine and she's just not that girl? And again, fine. If you're not that girl, that's cool. Not yeah. everybody is, you know? And I think the idea where Miranda ends up doing the job interview is that clearly the girls that you think would be good at this job are not working out. So Yeah. So let's try Frump Arena. Let's try yeah. Frump Arena here. Okay. But it's the – I think the truly unbelievable thing is uh, – I mean we haven't even talked about Stanley Tucci. The Tooch. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was – is this patient zero for Stanley Tucci taking every gay role in cinema for a gay role of a Throwing certain out. age? Is this sure. where it started? I think it might have been um, because, yeah, it has definitely become a stock Tooch character. Yeah. I mean pretty then. much playing a brother – in burlesque, like are those oh, are those sure. two characters twins separated right. at birth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same, and also in, in the Hunger Games, he, he was just ah uh, sure, like, yeah. same thing. Flickerman, yeah, yeah. Same Supernova, thing. where he's yeah. he's the dying gay. Yeah, I avoided oh, that one. I was like, I, I'm depressed enough about oh, the it's world. A, <laughs> it's a it's a big old bummer. <laughs> watch that. And we watched Sorry. that deep in the pandemic too. <laughs> Ooh, you guys are braver than me. I'm like, this is gonna I make me throw myself out the window. Oh boy, yeah, that was something. That was something else, but I mean, you know, he's he's doing it. He's doing it well, and I know in you know in twenty twenty three, maybe he wouldn't have gotten cast for this. And it's like uh, throw, I don't know, 
Billy Porter another bone? Like, right. come on. But <laughs> yeah. Do you think that some we, of that is also like – and I don't mean this to comfort Stanley Tucci at all. But like if you take mm-hmm. a – you know in 2004, whenever they were casting this, 2005. Right. They were bringing actors in and they were like, could you do it gayer? And the actual right. gay yeah. actors were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Graham Norton, <laughs> yeah. I know, was, yeah. one of, and the, was one of the actors and in the And the straight list. actors yeah. are like, oh, okay, sure. But they're like not offended yeah. by it at all. Like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, can, I can flounce. I'll flounce. Yeah, yeah, you want yeah, to flounce? Yeah. No problem. You want me to wear Absolutely. a ring the size of like a baby's head? Yeah, I got that. No worries. Oh, my God. That huge cameo ring that he's got. <laughs> It's so big. It is a weapon of mass destruction. It <laughs> really is. It's a shield. Like <laughs> Try coming for that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, you know, he's this character that's kind of like she doesn't know if she can trust him. But at the same time, he's not being – he's still mean to her, but he's not as mean to her as – He says some pretty shitty things to her. <laughs> he does, yeah. but then he also gives her shoes. You know what? He's he's the one who's really waging like the most intelligent right. war on her psyche because he she doesn't know where he's going to come <laughs> at her. He might be sure. nice, Nigel. Nigel, yeah. what's his name? Nigel. Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Nigel. Nigel. One day, and then just shank her right in the side. Two minutes. Yeah, later. I was going to say yeah. he's like he's giving her power, yeah. but he can easily take it away. Exactly. You rely on me now. <laughs> well, okay. So my big question is as. Uh, Someone who's not familiar that much with the fashion world or the art world or just the kind of creative industry is like, okay, these clothes, this mythical closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Is this the thing? She has to have – she has to have a transformation. Right. But does – is she borrowing all these clothes? I does she have to give them her? back? Are they sample sizes? <laughs> like, are they sample clothes? I, to my understanding of it, I mean, I, I know this closet does exist. Like, I think it is a real thing in these. Yeah. Because, I mean, they do. They have all these clothes. I get the impression that she's borrowing them. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how, I mean, maybe there's some stuff. He's like, you can just have this. We're never going to use this again. This is from four years. But, like, that she's, like, going to wear them to fit in. Right. To, like to fake it till she makes it for a year and then give them back, take care of them. And like if you spill red wine on it, you got to pay for it or something like that. That's my impression. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you have to sign it out. Yeah, sign it on out like or something a like that. piece of paper when you when you go out of the office so, and sign it back in so a couple months later. So she signs know. out her entire wardrobe. Mm-hmm. It's like a library for clothes that's not going to fit any normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And she's a, but she's a six, so she's like squeezing. Then I think he says something about like fitting into something. And she's size makes, eight. No, she's a six. She's a oh, six. six, and yeah. then she's a four at the end of the movie. At the, by the end of the movie, the end yeah. of the movie. I don't she, know if you could. Ha- I don't know if you could have that line now. <laughs> I don't think. You, well, it's. I don't think you can. At one point, she's like, "Okay, I don't fit no. in. I'm not skinny." I'm like, "Don't gaslight me, movie." Don't yeah. Make- <laughs> This this is a Natalie in Love Actually situation. The, that's Anne no. Hathaway. She is yes. a willowy beauty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then she says, I'm a six. And, and he says, what does he say? Might as well be a 14. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, <clears throat> all right. So I guess, you know, uh, what do you call it? Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. The clothes are hers for however much she needs them. And we do get set up that she does get to keep fabulous items like yeah. the Bang & Olufsen phone mm-hmm. and the $2,000 purse. That phone so. was so funny. 
I was like, was that a thing? <laughs> that looks like a sex toy. That does not look like a phone. It looks like sure. it, it, that is a vibrator. Like it, it look, <laughs> it kind of looks like a shofar, but like yeah, <laughs> like a this was this was the I, I believe the movie. Like I'm sure it's real, but I was yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. that in the slightest. <laughs> oh, and, and Scott also said as we're watching it, just out of the box, just a loose, just loose. a loose handset. How do you like? <laughs> I mean, there has to be some sort of a deck that you plug it into the wall with. Something. <laughs> no, I think that's the thing about the this phone is that fabulous that it's that, it's solar it's an, powered. It's a phone, but it's an objet de art, so it's like, it just sits on the counter. And then, yeah, it's solar powered. Speaking of phones, Miranda's razor was bringing me back. I had a pretty sweet razor at this time. Oh yeah. Okay, so Miranda has a. Okay, obviously this is pre iPhone, mm-hmm. um, and I don't. I don't think that Miranda even would bother with a blackberry so the razor's probably right yeah i'm amazed she bothers with a cell phone at all why right why yeah, have her kind of assistants or cell phones yeah <laughs> exactly like her, yeah. her black book is gonna be andy right right yeah um but andy has a sidekick but she never flips the screen up You're the way right. the sidekicks are intended to be used she's not using it to its fullest to its fullest no, purpose yeah absolutely Huh. And or nor letting people know that hey, I have a side. Yeah, <laughs> I have a three hundred dollars sidekick. Yeah, <laughs> I coveted the sidekick so much. I wanted one. It bothers me when she throws it into the into the uh, fountain. fountain at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. I'm like, bitch, you are in Europe without a phone. <laughs> you are in a foreign country without your sidekick. Yeah, it's not a good idea. How are you going to get home? How, how are you going to get home for your boyfriend to tell you that he's decided to take a job in Boston? You can quit your hard power job and move with him. <laughs> oh, oh, we had a lot of thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're on. Oh God, yeah, we'll get. <laughs> we got to get to that a little bit later, but okay. So uh, Tucci's awesome. Obviously, Tucci's loose. Let's talk a little bit about Emily Blunt. So good. Oh. <laughs> so I know that the character of Emily was written as an American when they met Emily Blunt. They liked her so much. They're like, keep your accent. It works. Perfect. Because nothing says a good foil like a snooty British woman. <laughs> yeah. The fact that she can wear that much green eyeshadow and not look oh, like yeah. a sea witch is yeah. – is, it's, it's witchcraft, frankly. I don't know how <laughs> she does it. We, we, were, like, we were commenting on the garage doors. We like our Emily time. Blunt maybe with some bangs, though. I think that bangs frame her face a little a little better. Yeah, there's also the one scene where she has the hair like really like gelled up and back. Mm-hmm. Like, like she's staring into a wind machine, but she's just sitting yeah. there. Like it's, it's, I'm like, that's a lot of hair. But hello, yeah, 2006. Yeah. There you are. They dress her a lot in Vivian Westwood. That's what Pat said on the commentary. Sure. Mm-hmm. They put her and Vivian Westwood the most in Anne in Chanel. When she has her big makeover. That makes sense. She, I mean, she looks amazing. Look, look, the performance is... She makes a gesture iconic. Everyone who's seen the movie mm-hmm. knows what yeah. gesture I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> I, like, Meryl Streep gets so much attention for this movie, but I kind of think that Emily Blunt might be the secret sauce. <laughs> that really, oh, yeah. Like, makes yeah. She does so much with just a simple look yeah. to Anne Hathaway in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I also love that, like... You like her as the audience that like that yes. she somehow yeah. tricks you into liking her, which is key because you have to feel bad for her at some point. Yeah. Even she though, seems somewhat complicated. Yeah, yeah, she's a wench the entire time. Like, <laughs> but she's like, you like, no, I want Emily to get to go to Paris. It's she's Emily, so hard yeah. for the, her. the real Emily that needs to go to Paris. Ooh. 
Exactly. <laughs> Good Lord, that show is making me stupider every minute of it I watch. Oh, we I jumped shipped. We jumped shipped af- after maybe three episodes of it. I can't do it. I have a problem. I need help. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> I need it. To- We're... I will pay a higher premium to Netflix in order for them to not push that show on me because when they push oh it on me, God. I watch it and it's awful. <laughs> we were watching Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris and I was like, that's where I know that guy. Oh, yes. The, the like super handsome, like, yeah. He oh is my a God. abysmal actor. I know we're off topic. But <laughs> he is one of – he is an actor that is so bad he makes himself actively less attractive when he speaks. Oh, no. <laughs> he's really good well, in Paris a good Goes thing, to Paris, it's too. It's a good thing he's so pretty oh. because – Yeah, it's been nice. <laughs> he has a lot of cushion there, yes. But like, oh, yeah, God. Yeah, Sorry. I will stop talking oh, about boy. Emily in Paris now. <laughs> sure. We'll go back to Emily Blunt and her, and her garage doors. Yeah. Um, I, it's that thing where, especially when you're younger and you start a new job, there are just those people that are so into it even though you're like – you realize this job is taking years off your life. Yeah. Why yeah. are you so gung-ho for this? And there's people that are just like, yes, I believe in the cause. I believe in working, you know, overtime with no pay. I believe in, you know, not getting any respect. I, I mean, and you're like, why? I mean, this is the equivalent of being an assistant for Anna Wintour. Yeah. And what a, well, huge, and what a huge responsibility and deal that is. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, like, Anna Wintour is obviously the, like, you know, Miranda's the stand-in for this character. So you just kind of have to think, okay, the real Vogue magazine or whatever, there's somebody that has this job. Um, but, yeah, when, you, when you're a certain age, when you're in your early 20s and starting out in the workforce, at least for me, I just had a lot of these moments where I was just like, really? You're buying all this? Mm-hmm. Like. What, how do you how do you buy all like what and 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 uh, Emily is just that character that should she's in she's all in she just knows that this is like yeah well presumptively like she wants a career in fashion right but, like mm-hmm. so so I think the movie has a really interesting relationship with like the compromises it thinks people should make in pursuit of their dreams because like yeah like Andy. The Anne Hathaway character is like, I want to work this job for one year, get my accolades for literally surviving, yeah, and then yeah. get Miranda's like recommendation to go work at I don't know, the New Yorker or or you know right. some high class publication that's not this, not the Vogue is in high class or excuse me Mo- Road or Runway what that what I call the man and so it's like. That to me is like okay, so that makes sense. Like I, this year of my life is gone for the right. goal, right? right. And, but then later the movie's like it's not worth it, and I'm like, but isn't it kind yeah, of worth it? I, like yeah. you want to get a job in one of these places, unless you're a nepo baby, you're gonna have to eat some <laughs> shit before you do it. Like and absolutely, yeah, yeah. If you have a like, it's it it seems like the information in the movie is reliable. You do this for a year. You can go where you want to go. Right. So yeah. maybe all of her friends should shut up and be like, let us support you for this year and get you through yeah. it. I think what the movie kind of is – what the movie is doing is saying like, yeah, do your year of shitty work to get the doors open that need to become open. But – it's showing us that Andy is like she's starting to buy into it. Sure. Yeah. And that's where and that's her downfall. Where it's like, I don't know, that's fine. She can buy <laughs> Yeah. It has a bit of a it has a bit of a mixed message problem. That- especially if you're gonna do this year of eating shit, it's like 
especially nowadays with people rejecting hustle culture and kind of embracing like take your time off and like you know work-life balance and all that is so much you know right now in, in our minds at that point it's still kind of hustle culture was still very much part of like yeah this is the only way you're gonna get to where you want to go and so i think yeah the mixed message is she's she's buying all the bullshit and that's making her a bad person yeah because i'm like i don't <laughs> i don't quite know what the movie is trying to tell me she does wrong because yeah. like the movie yeah. wants me to say her like going to paris in place of emily is wrong yeah. and i'm like okay well then you shouldn't have emily had been hit by a car and be in traction right, <laughs> right? can't you i mean i guess that andy has to go to paris now right like like <laughs> emily physically can't so she has yeah. to go so like if you want to make it like a you're betraying this person who trusted you then you can't give her the easy out <clears throat> yeah and then also you you can't like I, I don't think she – I don't think Andy does that much wrong. Like at one point she goes back no. to Nate yeah. and she's like, you were right about everything. I'm like, he was right about almost nothing. Like he, he, <laughs> he called you pretty once. He was right about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Oh, man. And when and when she does have her makeover and he like just waltzes right past her, mm-hmm. like she doesn't look that different. Come on. Yeah. They, they <laughs> literally brushed her hair and yeah. put her in different clothes. That's it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then I'm thinking too. I'm like, okay, if she really is this girl of the the pilgrim shoes and the chunky sweater, I I don't know that she's doing the winged the winged who's, eyeliner. Who's teaching her how to do that? That mm-hmm. professionally, like she she had <laughs> right one how to with like with the makeup department at at the magazine, and they were like, okay, figure it out. Get up early. Yeah. Try, mm-hmm. try yeah. to learn how to put on eyeliner. Did we even have YouTube in 06? And YouTube, if we did, the very early days. <laughs> yeah. and I don't know what kind of makeup tutorials were on YouTube in 2005 or 2006. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. J- James Charles wasn't around to show her how to do that. No. A real the, pity. The, a real pity. The, the before, in a pre-James Charles universe. <laughs> well, how did we survive? <laughs> did we? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm sitting there going, her makeup is flawless yeah. i know i know girls who've worn makeup their entire lives that are just like oh my god yeah if i have to do liquid one more time <laughs> i'm done i'm out <laughs> yeah <laughs> to work no less <laughs> but um should we talk a little bit about the character introduction of miranda Priestley? yeah so pete immediately resents yeah. that this movie and the director um Daniel Frankel, he came from TV. He did a lot of HBO work. Okay. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what got him this movie was his work on Sex and the City at the time. Mm-hmm. But this movie pretty much directly pulls the character introduction of Bette Midler in Big Business. In Big it business. sure does. Yep. <laughs> and I kind of think the Big Business opening is a little more successful. Not yeah. saying that I don't like mm-hmm. – Miranda's introduction in this movie, but there's just something about how grand and sweeping the opening of Big Business is. I think which is with like the score, uh-huh. with the big reveal of Bette Midler in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a little bit more high comedy, yeah. a little bit more farcical mm-hmm. in in Big Business, so they can get away with the hat reveal that's very like Rose Dewitt Bacater. Like, right. Ooh, here I am. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and. But the nerve of we're going to directly reference the scene. But you can't. I, yeah. I, guess you, I guess you have to. But I, and I think that also probably in 2006, they were just like, 
No one's seen it. No, what faggots no one care about? <laughs> and every homosexual was like, excuse you. Excuse you. <laughs> you think we don't know where this comes from? <laughs> oh, we know. Yeah. We already been new. <laughs> but, I mean, it is, the, it is the best, you know, kind of introduction for her. Um, but, yeah. We, the character we look of Miranda is so good. I mean, this is uh, – Meryl Streep has been with her same – hair and makeup gay mm-hmm. for like decades okay like he won the oscar for the iron lady his name is j roy uh helland and he's been working with her for years and they just sort of came up with this character look Ugh. and just like the wig the glasses she wears a lot of coats she well does she has to wear the coats, coats to, to, to throw them on throw them on to what, throw them on the desk to throw yeah. them on emily's no not emily what does she call andy at the beginning emily <laughs> <laughs> the wrong name does she call she her emily, emily. Oh, then she Jesus. finally calls her andrea <laughs> andrea not andrea not andy andrea um so i my mother who is always our litmus test for is this a good movie or not mm-hmm. will this movie play in pomona sure that's well, this- my, yeah that's my mom my mom is, is one for uh-huh. so my mom loves it and she's just like oh meryl oh, meryl is so good in the Devil Wars Prada, and she goes, I love the hairstyle that they gave her in that movie. She, it looks so good on Meryl. And my mom says, she should just keep that hairstyle and just wear it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> she should. Sure. It looks so good on her. Yeah. It's such a good hairstyle for her age and her fa- – and I'm just like, yeah, mom, she should, that is a great well, – you should get that hairstyle. Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> Here's, here's my question about Miranda. Uh, I have many mm-hmm. thoughts about her, but like, well, yeah, <laughs> the idea that Andy literally doesn't know who she is, right? Sure, is so insane. Like that actually yes. makes Andy the asshole, especially yeah, coming yeah, yeah. from if she if she wants to get into publishing, yeah, too. Like this is mm-hmm. a huge power player in publishing, and you're just walking in being like, "Well, I got this random interview. I don't know, like Sturfwad. Like, no wonder she's annoyed at you. Like, this is you know, you're going into interview with Spielberg to like be right. a be a PA or something. <laughs> Get your shit together, I, yeah, Andy. That's, absolutely, that's that job. Like, again, if we're if we're making this real world, if any one of our and it's like, yes, we are. Three homosexuals staring at each other. But if right. any <laughs> anybody else in the world was just like, I got an assistant job working for fucking Anna Wintour. Like, yeah. people would know. People would care. Mm-hmm. Even their straight dad. Even their, like, yeah. you know, friends from college or whatever. It's just somebody that's in the public mindset. Absolutely. And Vogue and s- is a big deal. Like, Yeah, or even yeah. if maybe they don't know the name Anna Wintour, yeah. but if they say... The editor in chief of Vogue magazine, personal assistant. Yeah. That's that's a big deal. That's big. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has to know if she doesn't know Miranda Priestly, she has to know that Absolutely. Runway magazine. You know, if you, do you watch television? Do you watch movies? Because it's in it's all people. You know, it's a joke when women take like Cosmo quizzes and like right. all that kind of stuff. Is people know these things? Mm-hmm. So you're right. It does kind of make Andy, if not the asshole, then just like. Do your homework. Yeah, like, like, like a dope. Like, I, okay, yeah. so you're yeah. like, it, it makes her very, like, I think in today's parlance, like, you're privileged. Like, you think you're just going right. to walk in, you don't have to do any research, you're just going to walk in and get the job. And, yeah. like, 
that's basically what she does. I do right, love right, the yeah, moment yeah. where she turns around to have her big speech about how smart she is, and Stanley Tucci just walks right past her and doesn't, doesn't, yeah. Yeah. doesn't even acknowledge her and cuts it off. I did, I did enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know any industry, if you're at the top of – if you're at the biggest publication for that industry – they're going to treat it the same. If it was a photography magazine, Absolutely. if it was, you know, mm-hmm. a, a magazine about model trains or whatever, if you were in like the biggest publication, if you're at Cat Fancy, yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would be so lucky if I was an assistant to the editor in chief of Cat Fancy. <laughs> okay, so there's a. There's a throwaway joke with Emily Blunt about the old assistant that missed the phone call, and she's now working for TV Guy. Oh, and yeah. both Pete and I looked at each other of just like... I would love to work at TV Guy. Awesome. I would push my grandma down the stairs to work at TV Guy in 2006. Absolutely, I would have. <laughs> We're like, that's the bad... That's okay. That's, that's the bad job? That's yeah. where you go to die? That's the garbage job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to people, our runway it is. Yeah. But yeah. Oh man! See now we have to now we they have to do the Devil Wears Prada for for Cat Fancy magazine though. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to watch. That, that. would going to be a really funny like SNL sketch or something. Yeah, like, I, I would do the whole thing say, say, at Cat Fancy. It sounds like a, a Drag Race mini challenge or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was reading that the bouffant hairstyle was in spot was inspired by model and actress Carmen. Oh yeah, that old woman Del. <laughs> Del Del Orifici? Del Orifici, yeah. She's yeah. that she's mm-hmm. that model that yeah. with she the gray has hair. that beautiful yeah. icy you know that, white yeah. hair. She mm-hmm. has the silver hair. Yeah. And it's a it is not yeah, how did I not think of that? It's almost exactly Miranda Priestley's hair. Yeah. It's that woman, yeah. Um she's fierce. But it's but it's that thing, it's like, ooh, she's still modeling and she's eighty and she has gray hair, but it's like, is she though? She's also insanely beautiful too. Yeah, but she's not doing like you know, but, she's not yeah, doing like not the big campaign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yeah, I know that lady. Um, yeah, the hair is great. The styling is great. And we note at one point she's in the she's in a car or something, Miranda, and she either puts on or takes off her sunglasses. And as she did it, I was like, and they're these huge, giant, right. you know, probably Chanel sunglasses. And I was like. Oh, those are prescription. You could tell that there yeah. was Ooh. a prescription when she put them on. And it was probably just like a Merrill note with uh, whoever was doing the glasses of, just put my prescription in there. I'm going I'm to be wearing them a lot. Just put my prescription in these things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm being them all damn day I can day easily long. read my script. Yeah. It's interesting. I was, Merrill, like, was pretty instru- – they wanted her for this part, and then they were oh, only yeah. supposed to shoot in New York. And they did just, like, two days of exteriors in Paris, but Merrill never went to Paris because she was too expensive for them to send. So every, anytime you see you see uh, Miranda in something that's identifiably Paris, it's a body double. It's not actually her. Love sure. it. And the Love big it. scene at the ending. Yeah. Was, it's just on some steps. Yeah, yeah. It's just on some steps in New York. I mean, when I think about it, about Meryl Streep's career, I mean, she's a massive titan. Mm-hmm. But I do think this movie, I think, sent her over the edge of really being untouchable. 100%. That, like, it's, it's Meryl Streep, but I don't think that... Meryl at the time, you wouldn't say that she was – I mean, I guess she was a box office draw in the mid-2000s. Yeah. But this movie, I mean, it made a lot of money. It led to stuff like Mamma Mia, and it just sent her 
to this like it, it, astronomical place in the industry that she was really untouchable. Yeah, it sent her on to like a decade of like she got nominated for like an Oscar every like for everything for ev- everything for a year. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. she's always great, so it's like you can't get too mad about it. But you're like, also, Glenn Close doesn't have an Oscar, guys. Like, can, can we get a team on this, please? Angela Bassett does not have an Oscar. We need to fix it. Yeah, like, she just sort of became her own IP yeah. after this movie of this is a Meryl Streep vehicle. Joint. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that there was definitely a time when in the public you were just like, oh, okay, so she's just going to get nominated for every performance then. Yeah. For every movie she's in. This okay, was her 14th nomination. Yeah. Yeah, fourteenth, and, and, and again, to like me, seven or eight since then, right? She's oh yeah, she's. I think that she's twenty now. Yeah, and she hasn't been nominated oh, since the post, so it's been a while. Oh, she's due. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, can we please get Meryl Streep some acknowledgement of all the work she's done? People, I know. give her a fourth. <laughs> will, will someone not acknowledge this woman's work? <laughs> it's about time. Um, you, you know, this was a. Obviously, it's a wonderful performance. Obviously, I love it. I'm here for it. But it's one of those things where I'm I'm sitting there at home and I'm just thinking, but lead though is she the lead? That, and that's my thing about <laughs> yeah because they put Marilyn lead because it's one of those. It's like the whole Joan Crawford and like uh, Baby Jane of that. Sure. You're not going to put an actress of this stature in supporting. Yeah. Because it's Meryl or Joan. But I think if they were a little more strategic, I think they would do it now. Just because I think that studios are so just shameless yeah. of where they put placement now that I think that if Meryl would have gone supporting, which they very well could have, I think that J-HUD would have a little more competition of who won that final yeah. award. That was such a mm-hmm. weird year. Like the two nominations for Babel, which I will freely admit I have never seen, but I don't think most people have. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I have seen it. not – I'm sure they're lovely actresses, but I'm like, those two didn't go on to do anything after that. Like, right. Right. I mean, not here, perhaps in their <laughs> native countries. Again, I don't know them that well. But, like, yeah, I agree. I think she would have had a real shot. And it's like Jennifer Hudson's good in Dreamgirls, but also I think that if is you she just good? Put, If you just kind of put any <laughs> – well, what I'm saying is I think that if you're a good singer, yeah. that I think that role is just really good. Yeah. And it's just a good showcase of your vocal. Absolutely. Was it kind of a done deal oh, yeah, as yeah. soon as she signed on to that movie that yeah. she was going to make it that far in an award campaign? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Beyonce is a good vocalist and she didn't get a nomination. This is true. Of the two of them, movie. Jennifer Hudson is a significantly better actress. And that is not a sentence right. I say very often. <laughs> <laughs> but... But also, like, Beyonce, it's it's one of those weird things of that. Do you think Beyonce really wanted to have an acting career, or was it more just the people that surrounded her? I don't think she did because, look, the woman yeah. is... I don't think she cared. She doesn't care. Yeah. She did... She, why was Nala in The Lion King from Houston? Like, like it just sounds yeah. like Beyonce. She has no interest in <laughs> ah. not being Beyonce, which is fine. Like, no, like, stop telling her she should. She doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, the whole, like, it's your logical next step is to move yeah. into, you know, the acting world or whatever. But, yeah. Um, the Oscar path for this movie is interesting because this is a populist movie. It's, like, it's made for audiences, not necessarily an award bait movie. And I think that there was definitely a conversation of, well, why can't Meryl Streep get in Best Actress for this movie? Yeah. And it just sort of kept at that momentum until Oscar, which I think is really interesting. And definitely not something that you see really a lot now. 
Yeah, it's harder mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It's I, harder. Well, because it, it like the the machine. I mean, I don't know. You guys know more about the history of that stuff than I do. But like, obviously, with the Weinstein Miramax, like yeah. changing mm-hmm. the campaign structure and making it such a political thing, like. like comedic performances are even le- nominated even less now i feel like than they used to be yeah. like, there's almost never a comedic performance getting in there are kind of a crowd favorite movie like you mentioned glass onion earlier yeah. of that glass onion was a huge hit for oscar but i feel like that realistically was never really had a chance in a lot of the acting categories or best picture yeah yeah, yeah. Like, sure, we'll let you have your adapted screenplay nomination, but yeah. Yeah, and then you have like, Michelle Yeoh and everything everywhere all at once, who mm-hmm. I am lighting a candle for every day, hoping that she wins. Same. But, like, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't know that it, that's, I don't know that I would call that a comic performance. That's a dramatic performance that encompasses everything. Like, she has comedic beats, dramatic beats, mm-hmm. everything. So, like, it's not comic in, in the way that, like, this one is. And, like... There's dramatic beats in this performance that I feel like Meryl Streep was probably like, you have to put something in here for me to actually like yeah. sink my teeth. In. I'm not just going to – I'm not going to do this movie and just be a, a clown the whole time. I already did sure. that in She-Devil mm-hmm. and I've proven that I can do it. I don't need to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Like Meryl did have a time in the early 90s of that all of us gays like – love stuff like She-Devil and Death Becomes Her. Yeah. But at the time in the industry, it was Meryl can't do comedy. Right. And that was just sort of the perception of she's a dramatic actress. Stay in your lane. Yeah. And Meryl was like, I won't. Mm-hmm. I have a double wide. I am in both lanes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because God, God bless our Nick, but could she, could she ever perform Madeline Ashton? In a, you know, could 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 Nicole Kidman ever be in in in? That's a hard one. Has Nicole in she ever done a pure comedy? Bewitched. <laughs> I didn't see Bewitched, but I heard there were a lot of laughs to be found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did I just? What did I just watch that I was like, a I didn't know she was in this, and b she's really funny in it. Just she, go with it. It, it, I mean, okay, so she did, like, being the Ricardos, which was not a comedy. That was an Aaron Sorkin right, thing. Right, 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 And, look, I think Nicole Kidman's a great actress, and I, and I think if you're a great actor, you can do comedy. So I believe that she yeah. could, I, provided she doesn't have just abysmal timing, which I don't think she does. I don't think you get to that level with no timing whatsoever. I, that'd be an interesting turn for her, to do a real, like, strong, supporting comedic actress turn in some, like, big comedy. I need to have her filmography in front of me. I'm sure that she has. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll think about what, what the hell I was watching. Outside of the AMC like, commercial, which was obviously High Camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Our oh, new white diamonds. Exactly. Yep. We love it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I mean, so... she was really funny in Big Little Lies. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Just to laugh a minute at that, that show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's see. We got Emily Blunt out of the way. The Tooch. Oh, Simon Baker, I forgot, was in this movie. The Mentalist. Oh. The Mentalist is in this movie. Did you guys watch Fleischman is in Trouble? No. no. Oh, man, does that character hit differently after you watch Fleischman is in Trouble? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it is like he is the, not the villain of it, but like he he's very, that that trope is extremely central to to one of the characters arcs in Fleischman is in trouble not spoiling anything but 
It's very sure. Funny. Okay. I have a <laughs> I have a uh, a piece of advice for all the young people out there in the world based on Simon Baker's character. A little little PSA as we do on that age well sometimes. Let's hear it. If young gentlemen, young ladies, young non-binary people, if an older person approaches you <laughs> of any gender <laughs> and starts hitting on you, and they then proceed to circle you like you are prey, <laughs> talking behind you so you can't see them, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Look, yeah. at me, look at me in the eyes if you want to talk to me. I'm, you don't need to smell yeah. me, you predator. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's that thing, too. You know, it's like he kind of – he, like, comes in clutch with the Harry Potter manuscript, mm-hmm. which, that whole first of all <laughs> – that oh, whole insane. thing. Well, they wanted they. I mean, I get it from a script. They oh, wanted absolutely. the impossible. They wanted yeah. they wanted the impossible. It, it, and, yeah. and it's it doesn't bother me at all. But it's just it's like that. There's you no, absolutely. It's almost ludicrous. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. friend does the cover art, Pete, and I laughed at that. Yeah. My friend does your the friend cover does art. Does the cover art? Your, said, your, yeah, friend, sure, your friend you is married to Lompree. Copy. She would literally have been assassinated. Like, like, just also, gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the copy that is probably stamped everywhere, do not duplicate. Right. And she had professionally copied and bound. Yeah. So she took it somewhere. Yeah. That yep. needed to do that. And some, some, like, some employee at Kinko's just isn't looking right. at this. And <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. I don't like, care. I'm going to be making one more for myself. Yeah. Because somebody at Runway is going to see that and say, I'm not going to reproduce this. This says do not duplicate. So yeah. fuck you. Do, go do it yourself. Right. And, and do I'm not we, losing my job for you. Do we really think those <laughs> set of twins from The Shining that Miranda has spawned is, are going to keep the ending of the seventh Harry Potter oh, book right. to themselves? Right. <laughs> those two, those two assholes, from what we know of them, are putting this right on eBay as soon as they Absolutely. finish reading. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I don't even blame them. That's not their fault. That's the parents' fault. That's bad parenting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, and then there's also. Um, Oh, you, oh, you, get you, me a, you made get, $4 off your lemonade stand. I sell the Harry Potter manuscript for $6 million <laughs> on eBay. <yeah. laughs> Eat my shorts. <laughs> each, of, each of us did. Um, Sorry, <laughs> There's I that, and then there's also um, Get Me Out of Miami the in plane. the middle of a hurricane. and See if I'm, Donatello's jet is available. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. <laughs> there is something. I'm like, celebrities, please, please stop ignoring weather reports. When you fly, <laughs> the weather doesn't care that you're famous. Stop it. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> did she not did she not see La Bamba? I mean come, come on. Come on. I, <laughs> there there's signs out there. But um oh well we're talking about Simon Baker. Yes. Yeah. So he came, he came in clutch with the Harry Potter thing because he's best friends with Mary DeLongpre, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> love that you have the name. Good job. You got that, that poll. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. That woman, that the illustrator for the American Harry Potter books is just as famous. You yeah. know, we not like anybody who read the books, you remember reading that. Yeah. On the cover of every book that you got. So it's like, oh, come on. They could have come up with something else. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else. I think that it might be something different in the book. I don't know what it is. It, it has to be something I was reading the, book, the Wikipedia of plot synopsis of the book, and I'm just like, oh, the movie's way better. Yeah. <laughs> of when I'm reading like the plot beats of the book, I'm just like, oh, they wisely cut all of that. Yep, that yeah. There's None a character of like, there's a character yeah. of a roommate that I'm like, oh no, Mm-mm. like we wise to cut that. Mm-hmm. 
The one thing I did, because I read the same thing, and I was like, oh, the one interesting thing that's different in the book is that her boyfriend, Nate, is like an inner city school teacher. As opposed oh. to like a, a sous chef in a restaurant, and I'm like, that's sure, actually, we have to make him real saintly, real saintly. But it is it it mm-hmm. would make his whole like stop yes. complaining sure. about yeah. your job thing <laughs> land a lot more if he's like right literally in the trenches trying to do good in the world, and you're like right literally doing a kid's science fair project. Like I like okay, that gives him a little bit more of an engine to be like, I don't want to be married right, to this c- person, you know. And also, like we, like I was saying about the Tracy Tom's character, it's like she's in the art world, which is just as you know. Forgive me, but art, he, the art world is just as bullshit and he as works the fashion as a chef world. At a nice, you know, New York restaurant, too. And to be yeah. a, mm-hmm. to be in the food world in New York, uh-huh. that's a other. He should know bullshit. just yep. as much as the other. Ch- Absolutely, my fav- One of my he- favorite things I'm watching <laughs> this time was when the, that famous scene where she comes in and they're all at his restaurant, and he's he yeah. is. Look, he's 24. They're like 24, 25 in this movie. He's a yeah. – he is literally a cockroach in the restaurant. He is – all he is doing all day is chopping onions. But he is sitting yeah. mm-hmm. in uniform in the middle of the restaurant just having no. wine with his friends. I'm like, absolutely no. not. The, the chef would literally no. stab you in the back. <laughs> he would be yeah. killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. No, this is not – yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is insane. He, and, and, and yeah, if he is just you know doing prep work, things like that – he would be working just as crazy hours yes. as Andy. He would be having yep. to do just as crazy of things. He would probably have to be – he would go probably find be called in on his birthday. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. He would be working – if you are absolutely. in the food service industry, you work on your birthday. Uh-huh. You work holidays. He should know more than anybody what the demands of your dream job. But you guys, he's played by Adrian Grenier from Entourage. <laughs> do you remember he – like there was a moment where they're like, can – can we make this guy work as a lead actor? Uh-huh. Like there was a moment of like, we're going to try to make this do you know why, guy work. Do you know why Adrian Grenier wouldn't work today? Because he's like, he's very attractive. Uh-huh. Um, he's got a very pretty face, all of that. But like, and I mean, I'm no, I'm no one to talk. Uh-huh. But when he takes his shirt off, he has never set foot in a gym. He's not there. A day. He's <laughs> skinny, but he's not toned. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not and familiar. that shit doesn't fly today. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the Adrian Grenier oeuvre, I'm realizing, because I never watched Entourage yeah. out of self-preservation. No. And then yeah. I watched this, and I don't, I don't think I saw that rom-com he did with Sarah Michelle Gellar, Melissa Joan Hart. One of those three-name blonde actresses. Drive yeah. me crazy. Drive me crazy, yes. Which, that was by the way, terrible. SMG and MJH are not equal. Please do not mistake me. No. One is Buffy and the yeah. other one is not. <laughs> yeah. So I just didn't yeah, know which one yeah. was in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't even know if I could list anything else he's done. Uh, when I was in high school, I really liked The Adventures of Sebastian Cole. I always thought he was really cute in that okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's in Cecil Be Demented. Yep. Okay. But that's really it because, yeah. like you said, I, neither of us were big Entourage people. Yeah. That's just too – that's not our <laughs> – I don't even think that Entourage even got him any big lead roles in movies. Right. No. I but, mean maybe he just made so much money off Entourage that he just didn't want it. Didn't he become like yeah. an environmental activist? Am I getting that right? Maybe. I think he kind of <laughs> – I should have looked this up before I said it. I think he kind of just right. like <laughs> left Hollywood and was like, I'm going to save whales or something like that. Sure. He probably made a lot of cash yeah. off of Doesn't that Doesn't need show. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the damn 
friends and boyfriend. Mm-hmm. The real villains of this movie. <laughs> the real villains of this movie. <laughs> also, that guy is a supposed to be a professional chef, and frankly, that grilled cheese looked mediocre. Oh, come on. Burned. Yeah, no, that looked was... A little, noth- looked a little burnt. Nothing yeah. to write home about, just because... There, what did he say that was in it? There's $8 worth of Jarlsberg in there. Big yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Big deal. So, okay. So, we're in Paris... And we're at a big party, and we're getting introduced to people. And uh, Emily says, well, that is Jacqueline Follette. Oh, oh. That's when they go to uh, the not Met Gala event. They're not in Okay, Paris they're yet. not in Paris mm-hmm. yet. But they, we get introduced to Jacqueline, Jacqueline Follet. Uh-huh. Wearing a Pat Benatar wig. Wearing a Pat Benatar wig. <laughs> yep. and, and I lean over as we're watching this movie, and I said... She is Paul Rudd's girlfriend in Dinner for Schmucks. Oh, and I'm like, I'm I'm glad that you knew that because I did not know that. And good poll of the below the line cast on Dinner for Schmucks. Yeah. It's not Paul Rudd. And, Talk about. And I actually looked her Steve up. So I was like, is, has this woman done anything else? She actually was on like that show, A Million Little Pieces, Million Little Things. Okay, She's, sure, she was on that yeah. for like four years, and she was on like one of those TNT shows, Leverage or Maintenance or. Plumbing sure. or something. Like the I mentalist, it's been on for years and yeah. we haven't seen one episode of it. Yeah. So she actually has and done she stuff. Actually, yes. And she is French. That accent is real. Yeah. Um and that's why I remembered her from Dinner for Schmucks because she because why was Paul Rudd's girlfriend like this French right. like, gallery owner? <laughs> and like and she's really beautiful. Like aside from the like weird Pat Benatar wig with the like shitty like streaks. Yeah. Um in this movie, she's really striking. So I remember being like, who is this beautiful French woman yeah. that they mm-hmm. teamed Paul Rudd up in uh, in Dinner for Schmucks, my favorite uh Steve Carell movie. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you the, the children have forgotten Pat Benatar. I was watching Jeopardy the other night. They put up a picture of Pat Benatar. And they're, the question oh is basically, God. who is this? And they're like, <laughs> Joan Jett. And like, no. No. And then they, they had another, oh another fam- they got another famous 80s rocker, but they could not come up with, with Pat Benatar. I was I, beside myself. Sugar and Spice just lip synced on Drag Race to Pat Benatar. Yeah. To the, D-track. To the most, yeah, yeah, boring Pat Benatar song. Yeah. I'm sure that those two had never <laughs> heard of Pat Benatar before right. they heard that track. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they had. But. Well, this Jacqueline Follet, uh, Pat Benatar wig is in is in full force. It sure is. Um, I I had forgotten about this whole like industry espionage, corporate like, espionage, hostile takeovers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is the French editor of Runway, and yeah. they're gonna um, stage a coup in Oust Miranda. Oust Miranda. Yeah. Yep. I and you know this. Oh, I was gonna say the Simon Baker character was like kind of giving Andy shit for like working for for yeah. Runway. I feel like, and then he's like, hmm, "Well, I'm gonna I'm coming in and I'm gonna be her like photo editor, I'm be or your whatever. features like, editor, or whatever." And it's like, "Yeah, Why are you? okay." Yeah, well, that that's just him nagging her. That's him making yeah. sure that the self esteem is nice and low so he can appear totally, yeah, like a savior. Absolutely. Can we talk about some of the cameos <laughs> in this movie? Yes. Sure. So we, the big one is Valentino. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's also Giselle Bündchen. Yep. I mean, Giselle as like this office gal. Uh-huh. They call them clackers. I'm yeah. ki- <laughs> mm-hmm. I have not seen 80 for Brady, but I'm, I think Giselle did better than her ex did in 80 for Brady from what I've heard of it. <laughs> she has a very natural delivery in this movie. She's, yeah. she, her, little, her little line is funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was fine. She was fine. But my favorite thing to do with movies that were filmed in New York is – 
like, oh, this was actually filmed in New York because I'm spotting theater people in it. Oh, sure. This one, I don't, you boys aren't that into theater, right? You guys aren't as theater heads like I am? Mm, not really. Not really. Okay. Yeah, not really. So th- there actually aren't that many in this one. One of them is, is Andy's okay. father. That's David Marshall Grant, who's a big theater guy. But okay, he also, I recognize him. He does a lot of like uh, uh, TV and film stuff too. Okay, then you have uh, Miranda's husband, played by Tony Award winner James Naughton. Oh, who I always okay. forget is there. And then this time, I noticed one that I had never noticed before. This is going to be for 10 people in the audience, but I know they'll appreciate it. George C. Wolf is in this movie, and he has like four lines. <laughs> George C. Wolf is like, he was the artistic director of the public theater for like a decade in the 90s. Oh. And he wrote like Jelly's <laughs> Last Jam, and he's directed a. What? He directed like Lackawanna Blues. Like, he's, he's theater royalty. And like he's oh, just wow. in this movie for no reason, <laughs> and to the point where, where is he? He's in this. He's, his name is Paul in this movie. He, Who is Paul? He is the like one of the guys that's in all of the the, the meetings with Miranda. He's the black man that's that's in all of those meetings. He literally oh, says like four things in the background, and and I was trying to figure <laughs> out why. And at first, I was like, did he, I know he directed Meryl Streep and Mother Courage, but that was the year after this, so it couldn't have been that. So I'm like, I think maybe he was just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> Alchemist sure. and be on this film set? Just friends with Meryl. Friends with oh Meryl, maybe? But I he, Yeah, Scott, he directed Ma Rainey's Black Bottom for Netflix. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I lost like five minutes in the movie being like, is that George C. Wolf? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Other cameos we noticed Heidi Klum, height of Project Runway. Absolutely. I think Tim Gunn is thrown in there somewhere. I, yeah, I believe he gets he just gets conjured into those spaces when they happen. <laughs> he, just, he just appears like a genie from a lamp. Yeah, every time Heidi. <laughs> What's his name from E News? Is Steve? Kim- it's not Steve Kometko. It's the no, other, it's the, it's other, the one. other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You have to have an E News correspondent. I remember seeing him to, on E News a lot. In the when it comes to fashion mm-hmm. things, it yeah. has to there, there has to be E News is there. Um, yeah, it's got to be just self. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that there's not more like. Um, because, I mean, even Zoolander got, like... Well, Zoolander shot at the VH1 Fashion Awards. Mm-hmm. Sure. So they were... So that's they how they got... people walking the red carpet. Tom Ford yeah. and, you know... Natalie these, Portman. Yeah, all yeah. these people. But I think I think a lot... I was reading about it, A lot of them were afraid of Anna Wintour. They were like, okay. sure. No, thank you. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> we don't want to piss off Anna. Pass. Okay. <laughs> and from what I've read about fair, Anna's fair um, response to the movie, she's never publicly commented on it. Okay. She has something on YouTube with Meryl Streep where she sits down and has a conversation with Meryl Streep. They seem like old friends, which mm-hmm. I'm sure that they've known each other for years. Yeah. But um, from what everything that I've read, that she did like the movie. And she went to one of the big New York premieres with her daughter. Okay. Good for her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can imagine that, uh, you know, Meryl has to, you know, she's she's familiar with Anna Wintour. She knows her. And I can imagine that she's not just like, first of all, she's like not the Bob mm-hmm. wig, right? And that's, that's a big no. Yeah. But then secondly, Miranda's persona is so... It's such this character choice. It's it's everything's low tones. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no emotion. I think in her that a, I was delivery. reading that a big inspiration of her vocals and her little ticks are from Mike Nichols. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thought that was interesting. Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a you know all these conscious cho- and of course it's Meryl Streep. So I'm not going to be like what a, you know what a smart choice. <laughs> <laughs> She's got legs that well, one. Well, she might make it. Yeah, look at that. 
<laughs> he's got a future. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there, there are these kind of genius little things that I don't know that I would think of, of just making her, you know, she's not making her this bombastic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. You don't really see her yell in this movie. No, no, never. Yeah, she doesn't have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. yeah, I think that yeah. when she's on the phone about the plane, that's probably as vocally upset that we it's see her. Drizzling, <laughs> lightning crashed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, unlike you know, um, I don't think that Bette Midler as uh, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Not Shelton. I forgot. Sadie. Her I forgot the name of. She was she business big city wrote big city Sadie. Big city Sadie. Yeah, she didn't really yell at them either. But I think it was a different kind of. It's a very Bette Midler. Kind Your of. dress looks like a blood clot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that it's that cut off tone. Hey now, it's like a little little like yeah. BB gun constantly firing. Yes, friendly fire yes. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and the is but very there's something more quiet. Yeah, there's something scarier about that. Why is nobody like... ready? <laughs> uh, I don't oh, know I there's it. ever been a better burn than calling someone an incubus of viral plague. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> that is just excellent writing. Excellent writing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Um but yeah, it's just yeah, I just when you watch it and you just see, you know, the way that she can just like, it's just looks that she gives, just mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, faces that she makes. And it's just. Well, I, I remember reading an interview yeah. with her where someone was asking her about her performance in the movie. And she was like, I think that everything about Miranda is I work this hard. Why aren't you working this hard? Right. Yes, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it's, it's coming from this place of I'm holding you to the same standard that I hold myself to and I meet it. So you have to meet it. Yeah. Or I'm not interested. Which, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's a great boss, but it, that is fair. And she does work really hard yeah. in the movie. You can, like, she works constantly. So. Right, because I was going to say, you know, sometimes when you have a job and there are people at an, you know, if you work in a corporate job, you know, let's say, and there are executives mm-hmm. or certain people that are a little bit higher up that make their own hours and they're not often the first people to be there and they're most often the first people to leave. And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell? But Miranda is not that person. She was not the last person to show up. She would get there fairly. I think just Andy and Emily got there mega early mm-hmm. and Miranda probably showed up about 8.30 every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't waltzing in at like 11. I think Miranda was showing up at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. And she was often working late hours and do, working from home and having the book and making these decision, decisions at home when somebody of a way lower level, like an assistant, is just like, when I get home, I'm fucking home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? And so you're right. It's just that that level of perfectionism, you know, I'm reading a lot about uh, one Miss, one Miss Leah Michelle. Ah, who yep. her? That's her. That's her response. Sure, her response is, oh, "Well, I'm a perfectionist, and I just demand things from myself, and maybe I just let it get away from me, and and it comes off harsh to other people around me, and it's like, all right, it doesn't come off as <laughs> harsh, right. Leah. It comes off as racist. That's the problem. Yeah, no one's. Yeah. Everyone was fine with you being a bitch. We all knew that. 
was yeah. the racial stuff that was the yeah, problem. Yeah. That's where we kind of take mm-hmm. a step back. Yeah. But yeah, I, I specifically remember her making that kind of thing about like, well, I'm a perfectionist. And it's like, okay. All yeah. right, let's, uh... I'm a perfectionist, and I guess that's my downfall. Yeah. Right. Um, a thing that this script does that I kind of appreciate, and I think that if you're to make this movie now, you would have to add a whole backstory to Miranda of that, well, why is she the way she is? Like, what's Miranda's backstory? And I kind of like in this movie, you don't get it. That yeah, it's yeah, all left it. off the page. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, because also you're trusting your actress, right? Like, yes, exactly. I know, ex- mm-hmm. like, I, I, you're right. It's all off the page, but I know Miranda's backstory. She, mm-hmm. she was Emily at one point, and right. she yes. made all mm-hmm. of the choices to rise to the top, and like, she's staying there. Or as she, or as she says at the end, that she was maybe more the Andy. Mm. Hmm. You know, it's interesting that they're kind of like when they talk about the whole like Jacqueline situation and they're just like, oh, Miranda's Miranda's old. Like we need new blood in there to like make these decisions and all that. But I don't I don't know. I feel like the fashion world is just like I don't think when it comes to that level, like when it does come to like an Anna Wintour or whatever, I don't know that it would ever be like, well, she's too old. I think that they just trust those decisions. Like I have no idea. Yeah, uh, Yeah. maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I certainly wouldn't want to get someone young in there to do that job. Like, I could see being like, you have two assistants and you are costing the magazine an enormous amount of money with your, shall we call it, <laughs> bullshit. Like, we're yeah. going to replace you. <laughs> but I don't know if someone young is the way to go. Like, hire Andy. She seems like a real up-and-comer. So yeah. She could do the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right, though. There are those, like, what was a th- she canceled something and it ended up costing him three hundred thousand dollars for just you know i always remember that uh did you watch the september issue i feel like the september issue kind of came about as a response to this movie of that we have to humanize anna wintour and Mm -hmm. make her like a real person and then they made the september issue and i remember there's a scene with grace coddington Mm -hmm. that's what this movie is missing is that it's missing a grace coddington figure with andy um where tucci where yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Where they're looking through everything that Anna vetoed of a photo shoot, and she's like, yeah, that just costs, like, $20,000. With her saying, like, no. Wow. But, yeah, I always <laughs> I always remember that in the doc. Do we yeah. think Anna Wintour actually drinks Starbucks? That was my thing. That it was, was like very Starbucks. unbelievable to me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she's she's got like a Breville, like mm-hmm. you she know, has, she has a barista that just stands there yeah. all day making her espressos yeah. if she wants them. I even I even see Anna being more of a tea drinker. Absolutely, too. yeah. Maybe she yeah, like yeah. like Lauren Bacall. She has enough caffeine in her life. <laughs> you think she drinks High Point decaffeinated coffee? Uh, yep, <laughs> it's decaffeinated. Uh, <laughs> i've got enough caffeine in my life um yeah yeah but you're right she would have somebody there on on staff like i don't know about a starbucks run kind of like yeah that, that was you weird. would think that i mean at this time did office buildings have coffee shops in the building if yeah, any of just, them did vogue did let's put it that yeah. way <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah um maybe it was a power move yeah also, you know, I wonder what my happens to that steak. dog. 
There is an enormous <laughs> dog in one scene in this movie that does not appear in she owns a, any she owns anywhere, a Saint yeah. Bernard. Could you imagine having a fancy townhouse like that in New York and having a Saint Bernard? No. Oh, well, I mean that one maybe because it apparently disappears when it goes into the townhouse. But yeah. <laughs> never shows up again. Oh my god. Maybe that townhouse has a little backyard. Maybe. With that, a little dog house. That's where the dog lives. Like Peter Pan. It's right. just like a little house back there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I tell you boys like one of the first things I noticed in this movie? Please. What's that? This is rated PG-13. And one of the reasons that it's rated PG-13 is listed as violence. And I was like, <laughs> emotional violence? <laughs> Where's the violence? I've come to the conclusion it has to be Emily Blunt getting hit by the car. Getting which hit is by not the car. violence, sure. it's comedy. It is pure comedy. Yeah. <laughs> The scarves flying in the air <laughs> yeah. in slow motion. Yeah, I mean, we we just did meet Joe Black on our show, and like, uh, oh, whew. how'd that go? It, it, oh my God, what a oh Jesus Lord! But like, I mean, he gets hit by that car in the that first like twenty minutes, and that so is the peak. You have a good two and a half hours left. Yeah, that is the peak <laughs> of that film. I mean, I mean, we talked about that scene for probably fifteen minutes. I don't think I'm exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> what a comedic gem it is. But like I was like violence and then I spent I'm like, it does does she slap Andy at some point? Like does Andy actually get punched? <laughs> and I don't remember. But I've come to the conclusion it's just it must be the car. And also mm-hmm. maybe they kind of uh for the ratings board like would this have been a PG movie? Like sure. they, the, yeah. I don't, they probably were just like, this can't be PG. Right. Like, no. Throwing a, throwing a couple of fucks. Cause I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> they just, I just think they didn't want it to be PG. And that was the only thing that they could. Right. Aside, I mean, barring having someone, you know, say the F word, like, yeah, it would be the only thing that would make it PG 13 is violence. And so mm-hmm. that maybe they were just like, Hey, how about that car crash? Oh, but that is that a missed opportunity to have Andy accidentally say fuck in front of Miranda and get absolutely eviscerated for it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Language. <Just> vivisected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did, how did Emily not like yeah. curse at all? Like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> But yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of that. This mm-hmm. movie's PG thirteen. What else would it be rated? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not R by any means. It's fun for the whole family. You know exactly. those those kid matinees <laughs> that are showing Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite look of the movie? I I think that I do. Okay. Um, okay, so it's when. Andy brings back the Harry Potter book, mm-hmm. and I love the look on Streep's face of. Oh shit! You did it. You got yeah. it. But it's also Miranda trying not to visibly show that she's impressed by it, but uh-huh. just Meryl and that subtle look that she does with her eyes of "What do you want my twins to do? Share?" Right. And then when she says that, "Oh no, this one is on file. the The twins are on the train right now," and she just looks at her and is like, "All right, that's all." Uh-huh. Just like that subtle acting okay. with Meryl that is just so good. I love it. But when- you meant. Oh, go! I was gonna say you, you, you meant outfits. I meant outfits. I did, but oh, okay. I was, I was thinking like look as in like (laughs) a Meryl look character performance. If we're going for character performance, I love when when Meryl turns around after after Andy laughs in the cerulean scene, and she just Mm -hmm. bares her teeth, and you just like I I think the Jaws theme actually plays. I'm not sure, but I absolutely (laughs) heard it in that moment, and she's just like, "I'm going to destroy you." destroy you oh my god but i the look that i i don't know if favorite is the right word but the look that i return to is the one 
where where Anne Hathaway is wearing a white button down shirt with a black cold shoulder sweater over it. Yep, and then all the necklace Mm -hmm. with like a too much jewelry, black and white cap. It is like this is. This is more '90s than 2000. This is a this is Patricia Field getting yeah. her getting her getting all right, her. All right, all right, Pat. Out. Yeah. <laughs> is it a, a lot? Is it, if the if the black sweater situation was pink, it would be Ashley Tisdale. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Ashley Tisdale at a red carpet. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, I really like the look that Meryl is, or that Miranda is subtly creating. As she's dressing down Andy, sure. oh yeah, with the cerulean, the pink speech. tutu, uh-huh. the that, and then the it needs a jacket. She chooses which one of the turquoise belts that she likes the best. I want to see it on a model. I want to see it on somebody because mm-hmm. yeah. I like that it's got this little bolero jacket with the big skirt, and then the it's you know with with the turquoise belt. I was like, I'm kind of loving this little outfit that mm-hmm. she's making right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to see it on someone, but we did mention the the crazy black sweater over with with the hat and the jewelry. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of what Emily shows up to the office with, where she's wearing like her her Star Trek like oh uh, yeah Vivian Westwood <laughs> with like the shoulders of this is yeah this is um, this is Emily going to work yeah <laughs> it's like any nor any one of us who doesn't work a tour to work <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and yeah, I feel like Miranda's outfits are, I don't know, they're just, they're, they're not Madame, but she's a certain age. So she's not, she's giving looks, she's giving but I think, chic. yeah, she's giving mm-hmm. more chic than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, you know, there's all the, there's the whole like horrible boss, you know, the devil wears Prada. I mean, we love hell. a good, I think that our friend Michael Morgan mentioned on our Poison Ivy episode, he loves a good blank from hell movie. Sure. Best friend from hell. Yeah. Girlfriend from hell. Boss from hell. Boss from hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get that, you know, the montage of the of the coats and the purse mm-hmm. just on top of Andy and, and all the stuff about just like, oh, and do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. And then leave. And it's like, well, how do you... But how do you expect her to do all those things if you're not allowing her to write it down mm-hmm. or whatever? And it's just like... I, I don't know. I think at the at the end of the day, when Andy does start to kind of get a, a feel for things... I mean, obviously, they're setting her up to fail at the beginning. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like anything. It's just like as shitty as Miranda could be. It's just like, well, once you start knowing her language and can speak Miranda, then you can succeed at this job. You can anticipate what she's going to do. Yeah. You can get her her Starbucks. Yeah. (laughs) And her, and her 11 a.m. steak. (laughs) Could you imagine having a steak of that size for lunch? Oh God, no. That was a huge, barely a Fred Flintstone steak. Yeah. But but was, but wasn't that just, uh, but wasn't that just a test so that she can tell Andy, I don't want it. Oh Yeah. I think it, that was just that was some that of was the just emotional the violence we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that was emo- <laughs> the emotional violence. <laughs> Absolutely, but you know, I was thinking the whole time. I mean, again, we didn't have iPhones yet, quite in two thousand six, but we did have little digital recorders, or even one with a tape. Oh yeah, just just fucking record everything she's saying. Yeah, if you don't have time to write it down, oh, you need me, Miranda. Hold on one moment. Oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. Great. Then, I mean, does her her yeah. sidekick? Could you do notes and sidekicks? 
Probably. Sidekicks had a lot of features. Mm-hmm. They probably had a voice recorder on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just record the fuck out of everything she's saying and then you'll be – and then you won't have to be like, uh, duh, she said, bleh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't know these, you know, designers or whoever, it's like, yeah. Give your – like – Think outside the box. Cr- uh, critical thinking. Exactly. You have a problem. Come for the on. solution. Exactly. exactly. Now, you worked in PR, right? I did. Did you run into any Devil Wars Prada shenanigans at your old uh, PR job? You know, uh, our good friend Marlene, who has been on our Truth or Dare episode, yep. and I worked together for a publicist. And the publicist that we worked for, she... Uh, her clients were fine arts clients. Okay. So she had um, museums, small galleries, things like that. And so it was a very specific world that we were in. And sometimes our boss, Christine, was a little kooky mm-hmm. and a little cuckoo and, you know, would come to us with things. And, you know, and much like Miranda, there were certain things that Christine wanted for us to, you know, she would have them sent to the office, but she would be like, I'm not coming in today. And I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Montes, I'm in Ohio <laughs> for three days. And we're like, okay. And she's like, J- take it to my house. You've got the keys. And we're like, all right. And I remember one time they were like, Peter, you, you take it, take it to Christine's house. It's in Beverly Hills. And I was like, all right. And um, she had this condo in Beverly Hills and she had a white carpet. Mm. And and, Chris, and Christine was the type of person that she um, she was in her fifties. She had like a slamming body. She was blonde and just beautiful, and um, no children, no husband, no pets. Okay, and white wall to wall carpeting, mm-hmm. leather, and her, and her condo in Beverly Hills. Okay, white leather couches. I was just like. Oh my god! So I like took my shoes off as I'm like in here, and I'm like, oh, what do I put? So I just like put it somewhere, and like left and brought the keys back, and I was like holding onto the keys like <laughs> to her to her condo like for dear life. Um, she wasn't like, uh, you know, she didn't have any like horrible boss like unreasonable things, but she was a little cuckoo sometimes. I remember my first job in L.A. being a. Tr- being a runner at Aspect Ratio, mm-hmm. they they cut movie trailers, and there were certain producers that had a reputation of usually sending the runners on wild goose chases, mm-hmm. like having to track down ice cream, ice cream trucks anywhere in LA, so you would have to get on their Twitter account and see where they. Oh, because that was the big so like, food truck boom. Weird, yeah. Weird producer demands yeah. of that. We want to send this gift to like a studio to try to get an account, like. Go to go to this place, and there were certain producers that had a reputation of being a little more difficult. The yeah. actual guy that re- that like owned the company was super chill. Kind yeah. of the irony. So I remember kind of doing stuff like that. I worked and in ho- kind of getting thrown into it. Yeah. yeah, I worked in hotels, and the hotel I worked at, uh, Sybil Shepherd would stay there, and she mm-hmm. would ins- like. Th- this was in the two thousands, not the peak of Sybil Shepherd's fame. Right. And she uh, was very much living in the peak of her fame when she would come to stay at the hotel. There would be – she expected to be swept up to her room immediately. She did not want to have to stop at the front desk. That needed to all be taken <laughs> care of in advance. She was ill once while at the hotel. Oh. There was a whole thing about soup. It was it – was, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> it was like, ma'am, the day has passed that you can get away with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Moonlighting is long gone. Yeah. Oh, man. Didn't she do a Martha Stewart television she did. She movie sure did. around that time? Probably. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! See, that's why she was right. She was riding high on that on those that's Martha right. fumes and the, the sweet, sweet <laughs> Martha Stewart dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, thankfully, I mean, I do. You know, currently my day job is you know in the tech world, and um, it is very the company that I work for is super chill. So mm-hmm. thankfully, right now I don't have a lot of like people to answer to that are crazy anymore. I mean. Hopefully, I'm Hopefully. of a certain age. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. You get to a certain age, you're like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah, nah. yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. So, yeah, but I think we, I think everybody's paid their dues, and I think especially in you know, in you know, if you're if you're in New York, if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in any big city, you know, there, if you kind of want to make it in a creative field, you 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 do work with some yeah some kooks every now and then, absolutely. But, and it can be fun if if you are yeah. securing yeah. yourself and you're not like the lowest person on the totem pole. <laughs> and hopefully you surround yourself with people, friends yeah. and loved ones that are kind of in the same part of their life yeah. that understand that sometimes you have to take a call or sometimes yeah. you have to work late or weekends and holidays. So, um and don't steal your phone and keep yeah. you from holding it, <laughs> answering the, the, the phone call. Yeah, yeah. Just the worst. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the mistake. I think putting the friends in art and food right. in New York yeah. is probably was probably a bad idea. I think having them be in finance, corporate America, or even just service industry, retail, yeah. I don't know, like have them be so where they they're they're yeah. like, they're just yeah. like yes. fucking off and they're like waiting tables yeah. in New York and they want to go have New York experiences and like yeah. and live like their twenties and she's trying to do this whole like I'm thinking about the rest of my life thing. And I, it, yeah. Like that conflict then makes sense because they're like, yes. why don't you want to have fun with us? And she's like, because I, I want to be able to fucking go on vacation whenever I want to by the time I'm 45. Like, I don't want yes. to worry yeah, about yeah. this. And yeah, like, that's yeah, a real yeah. conflict. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but having them having them in in fields that are just as competitive, yeah, just as you know, like we said, any creative field, you're going to have people that are. Off the rocker. Yeah. And art, food, and fashion in New York City. Insane. Come on. It, yeah. Insane. <laughs> even, even Trump's LA. Yeah, oh, yeah. More, oh, way yeah. more worse than Even yeah, more so. Way worse mm-hmm. than LA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, that's our hot take. Yeah, very hot. <laughs> uh, I do have a couple of New York notes on the movie. Really just one left. Oh, yes. One, one New York that we haven't hit already. Mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway does famously eat an onion bagel in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> I have no issue with her eating an onion bagel. Onion bagels are delicious. Yes. I have an issue with her eating an onion bagel while skipping down the subway station steps like a sandwich. Eat a your sandwich. onion oh, no. bagels yeah. at home, at the cafe, when you get to work at your desk, and you eat it by not taking it subway. apart and eating it. Ha- it's not a sandwich, okay? No, it's not. A, yeah. it, that is unacceptable to me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and eating food on the subway. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. No, <laughs> I have never done that. I, I have. I no. think I've. I've had water bottles where I've taken drinks of water on the subway. That is it. I do not think I've ever eaten yeah. anything on the subway in twenty plus years of living here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that was one quick thing at the beginning of the movie when she's 
decidedly doesn't run a comb through her hair. No. And, you know, puts this outfit on. And I was just like, can you believe this bog witch is eating food first thing in the morning? And carbs to boot. Yeah, and she also decidedly <laughs> brushes her teeth without toothpaste, which is a particular bugaboo of mine. <laughs> Why are directors having actors and actresses to shove dry toothbrushes in there? Have them do something else. Ha- yeah. yeah. Floss. Wash your Floss, face. Yeah. Mouthwash. Mouthwash. <laughs> tooth- toothbrush. Tweeze your eyebrows. Tweeze your chin. Tweeze anything. Like, stop it. That's not what it looks like when people brush their teeth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. The uh, Everything about the bagel situation was kind of lunacy. The sandwich, yeah. not eating it in two halves, and most of all, the biggest sin is eating. Let's just say she planned on finishing it by the time she got into the train. Right. Even down those steps. Nope, nope, nope. Even absolutely down those steps. not. That is a no food area. You, yeah. <laughs> you got pizza rat germs just it's floating just around. around. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You do not know who you're going to meet down there, and you don't want to be in the eating situation when you meet them. Yeah, absolutely. I was on the train the other day and um, going to work. It was the above-ground train at this point. We're no longer in the subway, which is the above-ground one in L.A. is a little slightly cleaner. Okay. Um, And and it was the morning, so it was probably about 7.15 by the time this girl got on. And she was eating something out of a bowl. Mm. Cereal, Mm. maybe. Yogurt. I don't know what it was, and I had a seat open next to me, and I was just like, please, please do not. Please do not sit next to me eating a bowl of cottage cheese. I don't oh, know God. what it was. I'm just picturing oh. her like, like taking out a Frosted Flakes and like putting in a bowl yeah. and taking out some almond milk and putting that in. I was just like crunching what away. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was mortifying. Thankfully, she did not sit next to me, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Well, I think we are just about out of time. Um, I have a few notes about Andy's big decision to throw her cell phone into the fountain, <laughs> which I mean, I guess that's that's another thing. I don't While know if I'm getting rid country. of my phone in a foreign country. <laughs> of, I think that if I am Andy, I am getting out of that car with her. You think? And is that? And it's and it's one of those things that like, does the mo- like, am I morally bankrupt now? Of just just sort of the logic of the movie yeah. is that you saw Miranda pull this fucking boss move of, oh, you are not going to get rid of me because I am 20 steps in front of you. Yeah. And I have figured all this shit out. And I feel like the movie does treat Miranda like a terrible person for doing it. Yep. Right. And kind of me, the viewer, I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of fierce. I think I think Tucci's character is going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I think another opportunity will come around. She's and, thinking yeah. of the grander picture yeah. of runway. I agree. Yeah, I, you're I, right. I think you're that's right. what like where the the problem with the movie's messaging comes in yes. for me because it's mm-hmm. like it's weird. Like, okay, you want people to respect fashion as a real thing, which they should. I agree with that. But like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wh- where is the line of what she shouldn't do? I, I think what the movie wants to say: the sin was betraying. Nigel, right? Like, like right. Nigel lost out yeah. on his dream job because Miranda made sure she kept her dream job. But it's like, okay, I get that. But also, Nigel is the only person she treats well the entire movie. So he's mm-hmm. not, like, suffering or having a horrible time at, at runway like other people. Yeah, true. And it, at, at the end of the day, she's protecting her job that she's given up yeah. her whole life for. And she's protecting the brand, yeah. Because she mentioned that, that, like, if I'm gone, the magazine will suffer. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. She had a whole thing about, like, why, yeah, the magazine as a whole. So Pete always – I remember a few years ago you noted that Meryl has that line of, are you kidding me, Andy? Everybody wants to be us. Mm-hmm. And Pete, you mentioned Goldie from Overboard. Everyone wants to be me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just sort of these these similar lines, but just sort of delivered yeah. very differently. I thought that was kind of a funny observation when you, yeah. when you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I read when, that, when she said um, everyone. I read that apparently the line was written as "Everybody wants to be me," and Meryl changed it to "Everybody wants to be us." I love that. I love yeah. that too. That's smart. Yeah, That's a good yeah. actor. And I and I believe and I believe Miranda would say that absolutely because as far yeah, as Miranda's she concerned, she's like, okay, yeah. I see, yeah. You could be me. You're the yeah. first one yeah. of all of my assistants that like has the potential to actually become me. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I'm getting out of the car with her. I mean, you could still quit. Mm-hmm. Just do this last thing. Go back yeah. to New York and then just be like, you know what? This I've uh, yeah, I think I'm done here. I'm at least I'm at least riding this job out. Yeah. yeah you're... <laughs> but you need the movie the movie ending of her not getting out and right. How long do you away. think the movie takes? Like two months? <laughs> right, I don't I really know what, what the like. What's the timeline there? I mean, in what the yeah. timeline based of this is, on yeah. the weather patterns, I'm guessing it was filmed in like fall in New York, right? Because right. it's it's not it's not summer, it's not winter, and it, and spring is has a different feel. So I'm guessing that's meant to be like maybe September. Like she just graduated, had a fun summer, and then she moved to New York in September, and that's her job, and it goes to like mid November, January or so. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's supposed to be a, an entire year, but you're right. The weather doesn't The make weather sense never changes. At all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's wearing coats and, you yeah. know, and boots and yeah, so they only yeah. had Meryl for fall of 2005. Right. She's like this is what I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean fucking love this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's solid. I'm I'm glad that we finally got to it. Um, Meryl lost the Oscar to Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren had a huge moment in 2006 yeah. of she's in her 60s and she still got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was playing so Queen I'd imagine Elizabeth that, at every turn. Yep. <laughs> I would imagine that she probably won that Oscar by a pretty big margin. But who knows? Meryl could have been number two. I remember yeah. that being like a foregone conclusion one. Like yeah. we knew, we, we knew mm-hmm. she was getting that one. I didn't even remember who else was nominated. Oh, sure. Uh, I can name it. It was Meryl Streep, Helen Mirren, Penelope Cruz. For Volver. Kate Winslet. For Volver. Kate Winslet and... Um, Kate Winslet for Little Children? Little Children, yeah. Oh, I never watched mm-hmm. that movie. Ooh, that was too creepy for me. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Little Children's great. I bet it's fantastic, but I was like, no, thank you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a completist. Uh, oh, Judy Dench, Notes on a Scandal. Oh. Probably who I would vote for. I would have voted for, yep. I Barbara. Voted for Dench. I would have voted for Dench on that yep. one. Bar- uh, Barbara. Oh, Barbara. Do you want to fuck me, Barbara? <laughs> we, did, we did a whole episode with you on it. So, yeah. I got to go with Judy. Yeah. Yeah. In that, in that crew, I, I think I would go for Judy on that one. Wow. And wait. What, so what did uh, Helen Mirren win for? The Queen. The Queen. The Queen, of course, mm-hmm. of course. Which now that we're watching, now that we're watching The Crown, we're just like, is Helen Mirren really doing anything in this movie? Am, is she really doing <laughs> yeah. the accent? I am trying to get a a whisper campaign going that no one in America can ever be awarded an acting award again for playing any member of the British royal family from 
modern ages from like the 1700s on. You can no longer win acting awards for it. Absolutely not. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Yeah. It's, it's over. No more. When they do the Harry and Meghan movie with like Zoe oh Saldana God. and oh, no. some unknown Irish actor, <laughs> they can't win awards for it. That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I still stand by I don't think they're going to do Harry and Meghan on The Crown. It's got to be something else. It's going to be its own thing. Yeah, they're not good. I don't, uh, think I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't I think know. that they could circle back to it. I don't know. It'll be a, it'll be a reboot. Yeah, but um, the yeah. crown too still crowning <laughs> <laughs> after all these years. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I think it's time for us to wrap this up. This has been so much fun, pa- Thank Paul. You Thank so you much, so Paul. much, Paul. Thanks for having me. It was so fun to be here. You yeah. have your show that aged well. We do. I do listen to it. I was we just do. listening to your Titanic episode. Okay, Titanic super fan here. I feel like you guys have been relatively kind to it. <laughs> So it is, thank you very it, much. It is a movie that, first of all, this, I, I am of the belief that because it was so long, we split it into two episodes. I am of the belief that the yeah. second half of Titanic is much more entertaining than the first half of Titanic. Oh, yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and so I, I – but I do think it is kind of undeniable. There's something about – James Cameron does get some kind of comfort food. Let, like if you allow yourself to be swept up in Titanic, swept up you will be. Swept away, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find uh, that age well? Yeah, you can find that age well on any podcasting uh, delivery service that you may choose to use. We release episodes on Mondays, and you have a whole bunch of them. You can go. You can pick your favorite movie. You can listen to to me and Erica chat about it. You just hit episode two hundred. We did. We did. Showgirls be us later in the year. Mm-hmm. A, wow, a Showgirls extravaganza was episode two hundred. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. And uh, your socials are at that age well. Uh, yep, we're at that age well on Instagram and at that age well pod on Twitter. If Twitter continues to exist, we shall right. see. <laughs> <laughs> You'll touch and go over right. there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. thank you so much thank for so much, uh, being a guest, mm-hmm. and Thanks. we'd love to have you on again in the future. Absolutely. But until then, we'll bid you adieu. Bye. Bye, Bye. man. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Fun show. Yes, absolutely. We love Divorce Prada. We love Paul. We love that uh, that aged well. Go check out their show. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But um, I think right about now. Patreon shout outs. It's time for Let's some Patreon shout outs. We have some really cool patrons that we love, including Whirly Flower Frog, uh, Lori Brenna, Jessa Rabbit 45, Lawrence, Danielle, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Heather, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and finally Rufino. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a friend. Absolutely. Thank you for being friends, guys. We love it. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay, and you can check out all of our supplemental material, including our commentary tracks. You'll get the commentary tracks. You'll get the episodes. If I am done editing them early, I put them right on Patreon at any membership level. Yeah, You'll so get you can, our newsletters. You can listen to the episodes about a week early uh, if uh, if we are done. And, um, yeah, we've got some fun newsletters with lots of behind-the-scenes info, pictures, things like that. 
things like that. Sometimes we will create uh, holiday playlists on uh, Apple Music or Spotify for you to check out some music that we're listening to, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So head over to Patreon.com. If you yeah. don't want to do a monthly subscription, you don't have to. Uh, if you just want to donate whatever you can for one month, you can just make that donation and listen to everything at that level. And um, once the month is over, just go ahead and cancel it, and you're good to go. And you yeah. listen to all the uh, episodes. Um, so, yeah, if um, if you want to do that, feel free. So any, every little bit helps, and it goes directly towards keeping the podcast up and running and um, hosted every week and ad-free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do that. We would love it if you would like and subscribe on you know all the platforms out there. If you're on Apple Music or if you are on Spotify, give us five stars. If you're in Apple Music, go ahead and write us a good review. We love those reviews, and we'll read them on on an upcoming episode. And uh, if you are on all the socials, we are too, so feel free to yeah. follow us. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And tw- on Twitter at NTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. And if you want to follow our personal socials, feel free. Uh, I am at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram, and follow my letter. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. That's all. That's all.